listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. This is Jess Connolly here, and welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. Last week, we kicked off this mission during quarantine series. We began to talk about what it looks like to be women of mission, women who use what they've been given for the good of others and the glory of God in the midst of this incredibly rough season that our nation, that our world is in. So last week, we talked a lot about cultivating and the idea of cultivating in this season rather than trying to dominate it or passively hide from it or pretend like it's not happening. I pray that episode was a blessing for you. If you haven't listened to it, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it on YouTube. But I hope it met you where you're at. We asked just a few questions to help you process what it may be like to cultivate in this season where you're at in your particular surroundings and culture. And this week, I want to move on and talk about what it looks like to use our gifts, to use our strengths and our weaknesses and our God-given stories in the midst of this season, how we can do that to serve others for the good of others and the glory of God. So if you're familiar with Go and Tell Gals, if you're familiar with our work at all, essentially we love talking about what you've been gifted to do. We love helping women access their God-given strengths. We love helping women seize the weaknesses that they've been allowed to have for whatever reason to access God's power and God's strength. We love helping women track their stories and perceive what themes and rhythms and events God has used in their life to make them more fruitful, to make them more contagious for his kingdom. And so we love talking about those things, but if you've spent any amount of time with us, you also might know that we don't usually talk about gifts first. And there's a reason for that, because when I find most women talk about mission, when they talk about using what they've been given for the good of others and the glory of God, when they talk about moving forward the kingdom or the world in some capacity, we can get very tripped up when we think about our gifts for a variety of reasons. We struggle with comparison, no matter what season you're in or no matter what setting you're in. That's a tripping point for a lot of us. We look to the left and the right. We see what other women have been gifted to do and we stumble over that. A big thing that trips us up as women often is the fame and the attention and even the person-to-person glory that we might come to expect or long for when we use our gifts, and, and that can get us tripped up. We get a little bit stumbly where it comes to performance. Am I good enough at this God-given gift? Did I do a good job? Am I enough? All the things that we can easily get tripped up on. Does that mean that we don't talk about it at all? No. But for us, we tend to find that it's really helpful to talk about these things in a certain rhythm and in a certain pattern. So here's what we do a lot. If we're coaching someone in an all-day session, or if you've read, you were the girl for the job, then you read straight through, then you know we talk about it in a certain pattern. First, we talk about quitting. We talk about quitting the motivations, the unhealthy motivations and ideals that we have on ourselves that really just don't help us as we're moving forward. 
We talk about quitting when we remember that God's the hero and that we're part of the rescue plan and that we weren't here to be the best at anything. And that helps free us up a little bit. But then there's another really important thing that we like to coach women in that we also believe helps free them up when they get to the point of thinking about what they've been gifted to do. And that is that we coach women in thinking about their who. Who are you uniquely created and crafted to serve? And the reason why is because when you're obsessed with the people that you are uniquely created and gifted to serve, you spend a lot less time thinking about yourself. It's a lot easier to push through those feelings of comparison or wanting to strive or wanting to be perfect when your eye is on God's glory and the good of others. So we love to talk about those things first. How can we quit these unhealthy motivations and ideals that we have of ourselves that God never asked us to have? And then also, how can we catch a vision for the people that we're uniquely equipped and created to serve and to lead in this season, whatever that looks like for you? And then we move on to the what what have you been gifted with? What strengths, what weakness have you been allowed to access or have in your life? What story has God uniquely written for you so that you can love and serve other people through it? And so I don't have a ton of time to talk about those first things today, quitting and who, but I want to speak straight to you, my voice to your voice, my face to your face. And I want to tell you that the stakes are too high right now. The world is hurting. It was hurting a few months ago, but we're so much more aware of how fragile we are and how much we need God and how much we need light bringers and truth speakers and hope bringers. And so I just want to tell you, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will go with me forward in this, in this new season saying, I know what is canceled in my life and it is comparison. I do not have time to look to the left or the right right now and evaluate myself comparatively to another daughter of the King of Kings who is using what she's got for the good of others and the glory of God. I pray that as we move forward, I think some of this is already happening and I pray it continues to happen. I pray that some of the special feelings and the fame and the performance are dying off because the stages are coming down and the platforms are being leveled. And we are rightly so celebrating everyday ordinary people who are showing up and doing their jobs like grocery store workers and food delivery people and absolutely our medical professionals. And we're remembering everybody has something they can use that massively keeps the world turning or shifts it or brings beauty or light or healing or truth. And everybody has this capacity to show up and shift the world for the better every single day. And so I'm not even going to start in the quitting when we talk about using our gifts, but I'm just going to say, you and I, can we make a covenant with one another that we don't have time to be doing this for the performing? We don't have time to be doing this for the glory. We don't have time to look to the left or the right and compare what we've been given to use to our brothers and sisters right now because our world just needs help. They need hope. They need light. They need truth. They need encouragement. They need good news. And those of us who are in Christ Jesus have it. We got to use it, right? Amen. 
So some notes on using your gifts. Here's just some simple encouragements. If you've ever wondered what in the world would it look like for me to use my gifts? What are my strengths? I want to just ask you a few questions to get you thinking, to get get your heart pumping and your brain moving and get your eyes watching where God is working. So the first is, what are your strengths? What are your strengths? What are you good at? Now more than ever, none of us should be saying nothing. Because our unique strengths, the things that we're good at, the things that come naturally out of us, that maybe even made us laugh in the past or made other people laugh in the past are now super, super, super important. Are you an encourager? Is it easy for you to say life-giving things to other people? Sister, friend, do not hold back right now. We need it. Are you funny? We need the funny right now. Please, in the name of Jesus, we need the jokes. Give us the jokes. Help us laugh. Post a funny meme. Make it not unkind to anyone because that wouldn't be good, but bring the laughter if you're funny, if that's what you're good at. Are you good at planning or strategy? Don't hold back in this season. Help those of us who are struggling and could use some planning and some strategy. Tell us how to meal plan. Tell us how to take care of all these kids who are suddenly at home. Give us the wisdom you've got. We need it. Are you good at dancing? Do you know how many dancing videos I'm watching on Instagram right now? Like for real, it's incredibly encouraging. It's incredibly entertaining. And sometimes it's incredibly biblical for us to just leave behind the morning for a moment and dance and and remember that God's good and we can move our bodies. It's good. Are you good at singing? Can you please post some Instagram videos right now of you singing and leading worship or on Facebook or on Twitter, on Periscope? Is that still a thing? Maybe let's make it a thing again. We need you to lead us in worship. We need new songs to come out of the season, ones that are biblically based and point to a redeemer and a healer and a restorer. My friend, Jenny Parker Harris, is here in Charleston, and she's one of my oldest friends. We've been friends since high school, and I have the joy of doing life with her right now, and I just want to brag on her and this incredible gift that she has. A few weeks into quarantine, she started posting dinner and a movie recommendations on her Instagram account. And every night she would pair a movie that was easily accessible on Netflix with a different takeout place in Charleston that she thought suited the movie well. And it was the simplest, smallest, cutest way to A, serve the restaurants and the food workers in our city and B, help people find something good and wholesome to watch on Netflix. And I loved it. It was the cutest idea. What are you good at? What are you naturally good at? The world needs it right now. And we absolutely cannot hold back. I am really excited to tell you about a new sponsor we have on the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and that is Libro FM audiobooks. So I just worked with Libro as a company to give away the audiobook for Take It Too Far for anyone who pre-ordered two copies of the book, and it was such a gift. But there's something I really love about Libro, and that is that they work directly with local bookstores. What Libro FM lets you do is purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstores. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers, recommendations from booksellers across the country, but also from my book, from Take It Too Far, from my other books that I've published in the past, from any of the books that you hear us talk about on the podcast. 
With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know which one I'm talking about. But you get to be a part of a much different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they are one of my favorite ways to grow and to gain knowledge. You can listen to audiobooks while you're doing chores, while you're walking the dog, while you're working. All you need is a smartphone and the Libro FM app. So what we're able to do right now is give listeners of the Go and Tell Gals podcast a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. So for $14.99, you get three months of membership to Libro.fm. That's spelled L-I-B-R-O dot F-M. If you go there and enter the code too far, you'll get three months of membership to listen to any audiobooks you like for the price of one. We pray that this blesses you guys and encourages you as you get more equipping and more encouragement from other people and other authors. And we also pray it's a blessing to know that you are supporting local bookstores everywhere. If you've heard me talk at all about strengths and gifts and using what we've been given from God, you've probably heard me talk about this idea that so many of us in the past have believed that if we use our gifts, it is somehow selfish or it's somehow prideful or it's somehow making it about us. And if you've heard me address that, you've probably heard what I'm about to say, but you know what? You're going to get to hear it again. And here's what it is, that not using your gifts not using the God-given strengths that you've been given that you're just naturally good at because you're scared that you'll be prideful when you do it makes it a hundred percent about you. And guess who wins when you do that? Guess who wins when you hold back on the God-given idea that might sound a little bit crazy, but that you think might help people. The only person who wins in that scenario is the enemy of our souls. So what if you think you might make it about you? What if you think you might be a little bit prideful when you use your gift? Guess what? The only way to work through that is to use the gift, feel the pride, confess it to God, ask for help, repent, and try to do it again with humility. Humility is not the same thing as hiding your gifts. When you hold back on what God's given you to do, you are not practicing humility. Please, 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 for the love of the people who need the God-given gifts that you have, use your strengths, use your gifts, step into them for the good of others and the glory of God. I want to talk a little bit about our stories. What does it look like to look back on our stories and access some strength? The other day I was walking around my house and I was praying and this is a very honest and real and personal moment that I had with God, but I was walking around the house and I was praying and I sensed Holy Spirit asking me this question. Why aren't you scared of coronavirus? Why aren't you scared? And I was like, well, I am scared. (laughs) I am scared. I don't want to get sick. I don't want my family to get sick. I am scared. And I still felt it. Tell me why you're not scared. Tell me why you're not scared. All of a sudden, I had a really interesting moment crop up where this memory came to mind that when I say memory, it's actually a very big life event that I sometimes just block out and forget that happened. But I had this memory come flooding back to me of fall 2015 when I got meningitis. 
And I got a case of viral meningitis. I got really, really, really sick. I spent a while in the hospital. I was also quarantined for the first few days. No one was allowed to come in my hospital room, not my kids, not my husband for the first little bit because they were really worried about how contagious I was. And honestly, you guys, I forget for long chunks of time about ever being that sick and about having meningitis. I forget about it all the time. But God just reminded me, like, you've already been that sick before. Do you remember that? Do you remember how sick you were? Do you remember how scary it was? Do you remember when you were alone in the hospital room? Do you remember the things that you and I talked out? Do you remember how you came out of that knowing that if you went to heaven, you'd win? Do you remember this deep heart work we did? And I was like, no, I hadn't remembered that God. To be honest, I totally forgot about it. But I needed him. I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to take me back in my own story and remind myself some of these fears you've already worked through. Some of these fears you've kind of stared down in a scary way. And you learned something about me. And would you be absolutely devastated to leave your kids motherless? Yes. Would I mean, as it gets twisty, because I don't know if I'd be devastated because I'd be worshiping in heaven. Would current me be devastated for them? Absolutely. But do I believe that God loves them more than I do? Yeah. Do I believe he has a good plan for their life, including mine? Yes. Did I work through all of this when I was sick in the hospital and worried I was on my last few days? Yeah. We'd already been there. And it's just a good reminder to go back. Go back to the places in your story, to the lessons you've learned, to the things that God has shown you about himself and ask him to remind you Where do I have some strength today because of the past victories in my story that have already happened? How can I remind myself of those? How can I see your hand in those and be encouraged? How can I maybe not even just like rest on the victory of the past, but press into the victory of the present and the future because you showed up for me then. And I believe you're going to keep showing up for me now, whatever the outcome looks like. How do you need to go back in your story and access some of what's happened, some of what he's done for you so that you can use those strength moments for the good of others and the glory of God right now? Here's the last thing I want to encourage you toward thinking about. A lot of times when we think about our strengths, we just think about what we're good at, which is natural and good. And I don't think we should shy away from them, but use them. But I think that we miss out on a lot of God's power when we forget thinking about our weaknesses and how our allowed weaknesses become moments where the strength of God gets in. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 at its purest form for his power is made perfect in my weaknesses. So let me give you some examples of what that might look like. I would say one of my biggest weaknesses in this season is my extreme sensitivity. I can't get over it. I cannot get over how incredibly sensitive I've been in this season. It feels a little bit like I'm walking around like a toddler. That's how I feel. Just like I could burst into tears at any moment. I could have a a full-blown temper tantrum if I wanted to. But I've been asking God to use that sensitivity to turn it into compassion and care for those who are hurting, to turn it into softer spirit-led content as I write, as I create, as I record podcasts, to remember that everything isn't easy and sharp and done and next and tidy, but some things are sensitive and soft and worth going slower and worth paying attention to and maybe even crying through. 
in that truest form, I could just be like, I'm so sensitive. I hate this. I, I, I want it out of here. I want to hide it and stuff it. Or I could pay attention to how God's power is being made perfect, even in that weakness, even in that weakness that feels very unfitting or uncomfortable for me. I got to tell you guys this story of the most beautiful example I've seen so far of someone utilizing a weakness for God's power and God's glory to go forth. And it's from a gal I saw on Instagram. And, you know, we have the book, You Are the Girl for the Job, and we make Girl for the Job t-shirts. And she wanted to show me a place that she most recently wore her Girl for the Job t-shirt. She said, I put this on today because this is not the job that I want to be the girl for, but I know it's the job that God's given me. And I want to show up with all that I've got today. And I just, I wanted you to see a picture of me wearing it. And it was her having her plasma drawn because she had contracted coronavirus, suffered through it, had a pretty rough case of it, recovered, and then was donating her plasma to be used so that the antibodies could be used to serve those who are really sick. And I was so blessed and encouraged. And I was like, this is it. This is it. This is using our weaknesses, using the parts of our life that we would really rather not have access to, that we would really rather not be part of our stories, but saying like, even this, even this space right here, God gets to use it for the good of others and for his glory. So I want to encourage you to think about those things. Last week, I read a little bit from Jeremiah 29, the message version. And this week, I want to read a little bit from Matthew 6, the message version, really just to capture one thought for you guys. Here's what it says. The heading of the message version says, the world is not a stage. Be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action. I'm sure play actors, I call them, treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as the stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God who conceived you in love is working behind the scenes. That's how he helps you out. The NIV version of that passage says they have received their reward in full. It says it over and over and over again. It says it about people who are doing good acts, but with a heart of performance. And I have not been able to stop thinking about that phrase the last few weeks. They have received their reward in full. Here's the deal. When we use our gifts, when we use our strengths to get glory for ourselves, to make ourselves seem better or tidier or like we're good or like we're the leaders that everyone should follow because they have absolutely no weaknesses. We may get praise from people, but that's the reward. That's it. And what I know about you and me, us women of God, us women on mission is at the core of who we are. We want the reward. We want the gift. We want the win that is heaven worshiping our creator, Jesus, and giving him the glory that we were really never meant to have. That's our reward. And so in this season, we don't get that by holding back. We don't get that by performing, but we get that by diligently going into every day and saying, God, I believe that you've handed me strengths 
and a story and even allowed some weaknesses in my life so that I can serve, so that I can love, so that I can use what I've got for the good of others and the glory of God, so that I can shine the light of your kingdom right here in this very dark place. Will you help me do that? Not because I want people to notice me, not because I want applause, but because I want your name made great, because I want your light to shine. And that is how the light pushes out the dark in this very tough season. That is how his name, his character, his goodness is spread, not just from family to family, but house to house and city to city and church to church and neighborhood and person to person and country to country. And I know that that is what you and I were purchased for. I know that's what he's prepared for us. I know that is what we get to do. So I want to encourage you today to capture one or two or three things that you know he's made you specifically good at or able to do in a way that encourages others, that shifts their day. And let's just report back hop on my Instagram or Facebook or in the YouTube comments. And I want to hear about how he's equipping you, how he's empowering you and where he's pointing you to serve in this season. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Grace and peace on you, to you and through you. I love you so much. Bye friends. Bye.